Hello everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. Now this episode is a little bit different because Jeremy is no longer the co-host, he is the guest and we have a new co-host which is Alvi and he was the first guest on the podcast way back six months ago when we started. So thank you so much for being here Al- for being here, Alvi and yeah, welcome Jeremy as a guest. How do you feel? Hi guys, <laughs> thank you What's for having up? me on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, this is awesome. I appreciate you both bringing me on and giving me the opportunity to be on the other side and get to ask some great questions because I've known Jeremy now for what feels like years, but in reality, it's been, you know, seven, eight months and there's so much that you bring to the table and you're so fascinating and interesting on your own. So it's going to be really cool to really learn more about you and how you got to this spot. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, just you say it's weird to be on the other side, but you have your own podcast, so you know what it is to be a host. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. You, you know how I am. Sometimes I like to big myself up enough. Yeah, a so little bit. <laughs> glad, I'm glad you're holding me accountable there. <laughs> so, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, I obviously know everything, but our audience might not. So, where were you born? How did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about the start of... <laughs> Mr. Jeremy Andre. Oh, God. <laughs> um, well, so I... I'm born in France, uh, in the south of France, a city called Perpignan. Uh, is on the Mediterranean side, just before the Spanish border. Uh, born in 1987, November 27th. <laughs> um, I'm an only child, like you like to remind me every time. He has really <laughs> bad only child syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my uh, actually, I, I so my, my dad is actually Portuguese. Um, and he moved to France when he was like 12 years old with his parents and my mom was born in France Um, but yeah I grew up in a small village a small town like 1500 people in the countryside uh, of the south Uh, really beautiful there I didn't appreciate it at the time because you know like where you grew up is just this place that's boring but then when you leave and you go back years later, it's like, it's actually not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I didn't find it amazing at the time, but now I appreciate it. Uh, Because, you know, I mean, it's small town life, so there's not much to do. You know, every single person (laughs) living there. Uh, uh, But yeah, I went to uh, school in in, in my village. uh, And then when I went to high school, I went to the main city, Perpignan. It was like an hour away. I went to boarding school. It was super fun going away like when I was 14 years old. You need to tell us some boarding school stories because you've oh got a God. few. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I never went to boarding school and I can't <laughs> imagine living away from home at the age of 14 with a group of other kids. It just sounds manic. It is. It's super fun though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so at the age of 14... Yeah, I went to boarding school, so I was away from home from Monday to Friday, uh, sleeping at at the school with like, it was a small one. We were like 25 or 30 guys, it was guys only, uh, (laughs) which was fun. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, what can I tell about it? (laughs) Um, You were the joker you told me, like. Yeah, we were, we were dickheads at the time I mean, <laughs> like Sounds not bad right but like year old. yeah like making jokes like i mean like in first year 
like we were pretty quiet, you know, because everyone is older than you. You don't know anyone. So the first year, nothing happened really. But then when you're not the freshman anymore, it's like, all right, guys, yeah. <laughs> time to play. So, yeah, in the middle of the night at 3 a.m., waking up, going to the next door bedroom. And when you have the guy like sleeping on his bed, you just take his mattress and you literally flip it in the middle of the uh. night. And <laughs> or you cover the guy with like shaving cream, you know, or... <laughs> Just like funny stuff like that, nothing bad. We didn't like beat up anyone or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, some lighthearted fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. I would recommend it to anyone in a sense, like because well, it's nice. I don't know. It's it, it's nice first at fourteen years old to get away from your house a bit. Like mm -hmm. you you get a little independence and you learn a lot to do things yourself. Uh, and it's just a fun experience to live with a bunch of friends for like three years because we you create like nice bonds you know and everything is it's super fun yeah i, I love that it. with, with that there that boarding school experience that you had is that common for like where you're at in france or was that like a, a unique experience that not as many no uh, younger not as many have? like um so like i said it was a small one like 25 people but honestly like from my village uh only two of us went to boarding school. Everyone else was driving back and forth every morning. But the thing is like, because it was like an hour and a half away with a bus, you had to leave at like 6 a.m. Mm. And you're coming back every night at like 8 p.m. Just a really long, really long day when you're like 14 years old. Wow. And you still have homework and everything. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, no way. Mm. I, if I'm at boarding school, I can wake up at like 8 a.m. And I'm back in my bedroom at like 6, 6 or 1. No, that's it. Um, so it was just way more convenient, but no, actually, like I was one of the only one doing it. Mm. So everyone was going to the same school. It was just a matter of if you were staying there overnight or not, or there was different schools that there was, people were going to. Like you had the choice between like two or three. Um, and the reason I went for that one is because I wanted to study like more like science stuff, like physics and math and everything. And that was the scientific school. Nice. Um, but yeah, yeah. we it's pretty small so you don't have that much choice like for sure you got to use a lot of physics when you're uh, flipping people over the building yeah. and getting the right angles and, exactly and utilizing I'm, leverage I, it, was, it was just homework here we are i should have yeah. thought about that before there you go. um so yeah i spent three years in this uh Wait a minute, i have school. a question because like at the age of 14 how do you know you want to study more maths and science and things because when i was 14 i I mean, still at 32, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. How do you know at 14, okay, I want to specialize in one thing or another? Because in England, it's just school. You don't choose at 14. Um, I mean, I was still doing everything else. I was still doing like French, English, Spanish, geographic, history and everything. Okay. But but I had more science classes hours and that was more important in the grades. Like, mm. um okay. And why uh, I, I I was just bored as fuck learning about history, about geography, <laughs> about how to fucking write. Like that didn't appeal to me at all. Like I was just n I had no interest. So I didn't know I didn't know what I was gonna do as a job. But I just knew that I was more attracted by being on a computer or learning about physics than learning about what happened 300 years ago or learning <laughs> that you know in French you need to write this stuff this way like you know mm. the, the vocab in, and the grammar in french is pain in the ass so i didn't want to learn that <laughs> yeah I, I so yeah that. It's, it's just that i just had 
an attraction for more like this side, but I didn't have any vision in mind or anything yet. Okay. Not at the time. Um, but that came like after. Yeah. So uh, at 17, I had to decide if I wanted to go to college or not. Um, and I mean, I had to decide. I mean, the decision was taken already in the sense that it's, well, first, you know, education is free in France. So most people, I don't have the numbers, but I would say like most people go to college anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, they might fail in a way, they might drop out, but everyone goes at least because it's free. So it's pretty normal to go. So not going was not even an option. Mm. Uh, and also my parents wanted me to go anyway. And I mean, I was happy to go, but yeah, it's just normal. Like you don't stop before college in France right. really. Um, but it was a matter of which one, what to pick and, and, and where to go. Um, and so, yeah, at the time I was attracted by more like the science stuff. So I had a look and, and also I wanted to get away cause being three years out of the house, I, I, I enjoyed it. I liked the independence I was getting and I wanted to see something else, uh, in another city. So I went in another city, like two hours away. Uh, which is not that far, but for my parents, it was a big deal because he was like, mm -hmm. our only son is leaving us now. That's so funny. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and that was two hours drive. We're now in Miami. So. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I decided to go like two hours away to another school um, to study a bit more of computer science uh and also to learn a bit about aeronautics because uh, I went to uh, Toulouse, which is where uh, the company Airbus, the competitor of Boeing, uh, is mm -hmm. from. And and the school was doing some specialization in that. Uh, honestly, I don't even remember why I picked this up. Because, um, I mean, I was not like, a, oh, I want to be a pilot or I want to work in a plane. I don't know. Uh, I can't really remember the reason, but I think it's more like because... Early on, my parents told me, especially my dad, uh, do well in school, have good grades, go to a good school, and you're going to have a good job with a good salary later. Mm. So a lot of decision I took to decide what to do in school was more about, is that the right clever choice in terms of career to have a good job later, more than I want to do that because I care about it. Right. Um, and and I know somehow, I knew at the time that computer science and stuff like that would be good skills to get. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, I'm going to go this way because I know I'll find I'll, I'll, that'll be valuable and hopefully I'll enjoy it, which I did, which was good. But, okay. but I didn't go because I enjoyed it. I went because I know that was a, a clever move. It was the right, right. thing to do, and, you know? And, and it's interesting too to look at that time because when you were... 17 years old that's around what 2007 ish 2006 ish somewhere around there yeah yeah and to think about how much technology was like booming right then like i remember it was right around that age is when the like the first iphone yeah that was like a few out. years before the iphone yeah right like yeah. right before so to already have the foresight of like oh, okay i'm gonna get into this type of thing i think it's really impressive to see how much foresight you had into what the future could potentially hold yeah and 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 that's why 
um, so I did like two schools. So I did like a first uh, degree in this school in Toulouse. And then I went to another one to have a master degree. And this time I picked robotics because I felt that robot would be a pretty good one. <laughs> Uh, and also it was fun to play with robots. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I, but I, yeah, I can't explain why, to be honest, where did that come from? But I know that was the right thing to do at the time. Um, and and it was all about the right thing to do more than what I wanted because at this time and the way I, I grew up, it wasn't about enjoying it. It wasn't about doing what you love. It was about doing something good together because like my dad is a builder basically so he's been like building houses and you know like in the middle of july or august on the roof of a building doing a roof and shit like that wow. um and he always told me that you know like be good at school go to school so you won't have a job like mine uh mm. so you won't be in pain every day and you know like you you'll sit in the chair and you'll be in an office from nine to five. And that was a good life for him in his head. That was like, right. that's better than what I have and I want better for you. So do this and, and, and you'll make good money as well. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it was also about like, you'll earn good money, you'll get a good house, you'll have like the wife and kids yeah. and like the, you know, the, the thing that parents want kids to have, I guess. Yeah, yeah it was really coming from like a, a nice place like a, a thing of love uh, just like you know be, be good at school and it's gonna pay off at the end it's an investment and then you're gonna have a good life later uh, with good money and you won't be exhausted so you'll be able to enjoy whatever you do and stuff like that but it wasn't about do something that you care about it was really like pick the clever one <laughs> in a way um and yeah and i've actually been doing that for a long time <laughs> until right. really recently to be honest that was that's been deep in my brain for a really long time so 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 interesting how that type of conditioning, even though it was coming from a place of love on your dad's part, because, you know, like you said, he was in a lot of pain trying to, you know, build a great life for the family. Mm. And the last thing he wanted for you was to have to do that type of physical work where essentially he didn't want you to have the same pain points Correct. that he did. But then you seems like you're starting to go into this aspect of how now you may just be starting to get into the things you're really passionate about and like really getting into that shift. And I'm really interested to see what you've learned from that. Mm. Uh, well, I, I can come about that, but I think also like the reason my dad did that is because also, you know, like it's because I'm sure people in the U S can relate about immigration, you know, like he came from, he, he left Portugal because it, they are like war and shit at the time and they were living in poverty and they moved somewhere and they did my grandparents and him did whatever they could to to leave and not to survive because it wasn't that bad uh, but to leave and and it was all about it was all about you know like making a living more than doing what i enjoy it's like i'm grateful to live in a good country they were so grateful to live in france and to have moved and escaped the poverty and everything that anything was good for them so so that's that is the way he was brought up so i think right. that's also why he was saying no. mm -hmm. that makes well, i think as well like because he moved to france when he was like 12 he yeah. didn't speak french so right off the bat he was kind of behind i guess everybody else i don't yeah, think yeah. he would admit that i don't know but like you know it kind of it's hard to start a life at the age of 12 not knowing the language having to learn the language and then try and get like a job so obviously building was the only thing he kind of you know you can do yeah, that yeah, yeah. that was, that was the easiest lot, so. stuff he could do to make money quickly 
because he right. started to work at like 16. He went to school like for four or five years and then he went to like a, a school where you basically work half time, you know, and, and, and yeah. No, yeah, totally. I agree with that. Um, and um, so when I, f so well, during my uni, that's, uh, that was a lot of fun. I could speak a lot about it. Uh, I was a totally different person at the time, partying oh, yeah. every single day uh drinking <laughs> uh so i've always been good at school i was a good student um and i had good grades and early on i realized that i didn't need to push to, to push too much to have good grades mm. uh and i didn't care about being at the top of the class i just wanted to pass and, and have my things and move on uh, so i thought well if i can do everything by just walking an hour and i can just have fun the rest of the time i mean if I can pass with that, I'm not going to bust my ass the whole day and the whole evening to do my homework. I hate people like you because I'm, I'm the one that has to work all day and still probably fail or only just pass. And then you're like my big brother. He would also do that. Just like not give a shit and pass straight away. Yeah, like just the day before I could just read whatever it was for like an hour and that was it. Um, so I used that. Like I, that I really enjoyed my student life thanks to that because I had this capability. Uh, so I was like going out every day or I mean, having people around every day, every week, getting drunk, going in bed at like 4 a.m. and being in school <laughs> at 8. I don't know how I've done that. but <laughs> The body's so resilient at that age. Yeah, it's yeah. so yeah. impressive, right? What you can do when you're like under 20, yeah, like up to like 20, 21. It's crazy how much you can do. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoy my student life. Like I wouldn't regret it and... and, and yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, for sure. And something that comes up for me when you say that is, you know, there's a lot of people that I hear nowadays who kind of, you know, discredit college and say like, oh, it's not really that necessary, this, that, the other. And for many things, I agree. Like, it's not the end all be all to make a living. But when I look at college, I think about all of the all of the friends that I made, all of the different cultures that I got to be exposed to, like being able to like have a lot of fun and like be a kid and like do all those things. And that's probably the most important thing I think about when mm -hmm. I think of college is like being able to explore, try new things, like hang out with new people and essentially enjoy yourself before you get into your, you know, 40, 50 real life, right? 60, yeah, <laughs> career, real life, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. And, and, and also, yeah, I agree. Like in, in a sense, I don't use any, everything I've learned in school. I don't, I don't use it right now. Right. Uh, I I think I got a framework and I got like some organization skills and way of thinking, but the real tool, like all the math and physics that I've learned, I mean, I don't have a fucking clue what it was. Like, I won't be able to say to do it today. Um, right. But yeah, like it's more like the human experience. Like I enjoyed my my youth. I don't have any regret about it. It was super fun, uh, and also it was a good way to get out. Like I think without going to college, I would have been stuck maybe in my small town. Mm. Uh, when that was a way to get out and and somehow um so for my first year of master so in france so in france you do three years of bachelor degree and then two years of master degree uh, and in master degree both year you're supposed to do an internship so you're supposed to go in a company and work for like six months and um and I, de I decided the first year that i wanted to go to australia um because of a few things uh 
I wanted to learn English because I, again, I knew that was a clever move. Not that I wanted to speak English. I hated English classes. I hated <laughs> it. I was I sucked at it and I, I hated it. Yeah, but I, I knew I that was a, either. But I knew that language. was a good skill. Like I knew I needed it if I wanted to. Yeah, it was a good investment. Um, and 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 why Australia? Because I've always been attracted to this country. Because uh, I so in the south of France, the main sport is rugby, mm-hmm. rugby league, and. And and Australia is the heaven of rugby league. It's the paradise. Like that's the biggest sport over there. And and I've always wanted to go and see a game over there and everything. So I thought, well, if I can join, put everything together, you know, <laughs> that'll be great. Um, but I didn't tell my parents at the beginning. <laughs> oh, wow. So I actually find a guy uh, in the school that went to Australia before me. And I asked him, like, where did you go? What company did you contact and everything? Can you get me some contact? So he gave me his contact and I contacted the, the company over there with the university. And uh, yeah, and I managed to get the internship. And one day I just came home to my parents saying like, uh, so, you know, I've got an internship to do in, in February, March. Yeah, I found one. Oh, good. In Australia. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, they didn't expect that because like, we like my parents are not travelers at all like they mm. i think they flew twice maybe uh and the second time was just a few years ago uh we haven't we haven't been going away in holidays or whatever when i was younger like not much and stuff like that so that was like where the fuck is that coming from like <laughs> um but yeah i was like yeah i want to go there and i i just i didn't ask permission because I had it already, but I mean, I needed the permission and, and the money, obviously, because I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was just like a <laughs> spoiled brat. Like, <laughs> I want to go there, but you know, I'm, I know you're going to be paying for it. But I mean, I realize that now I did another time. Right, right, obviously. right. Obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but because now I know how much that costed and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, they're not like minted, they don't have that much money, but they gave every, they gave me everything. Like, so. They didn't even question it in a sense. They didn't even say like no or whatever. They just like, okay, all right, we'll make it happen. It's so nice that you can look back now and think, oh my God, how lucky was I that they could do that? Yeah. Because there's a lot of kids who would love to do that but wouldn't have the opportunity or wouldn't, you know, the parents wouldn't be able to afford it or the parents would say no or whatever. Like, I guess like at the time you didn't realize, but it's nice now to look back and be like, holy shit, that was huge for them to do that. And I'm so thankful. Oh yeah, because I mean, like first financially speaking, like, that was a real stretch for them, I'm sure. Now I know. Uh, and also, I know they didn't really understand why. Because, like, they didn't... Why would you go traveling so far? Why would you go so far? Because right? the right thing to do, like, the clever thing to do for most people at the time was you find an, intern, an internship in a company that potentially will hire you at the end of your school. That was, like, the right thing to do, usually. Uh, but, I don't know, for some reason, I had inside me that that was the right thing to do for me. Like, I, I knew that I need to learn English and I and if I could have fun along the way with it, you know, why not? But yeah, they've been so supportive for that and I didn't realize at the time. I thought, I just took it for granted. I was like, okay, cool, thanks. Like, that yeah. was it. 
And I make up that's what most of us do as kids. We have no frame of reference of mm. what our parents are actually doing to yeah. allow us to have the opportunities that we have. Mm. It's really like a, you know, I don't know what I don't know type of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So like to really like look back and reflect, you know, I think it's amazing to be able to see like how much your parents did for you in the same way that I can see how much like my mom did for me. And I, I imagine it's give you like the same thing going forward. It's like as I get older and get to every different part of my life, I'm like, wow, I can't believe. Like, yeah. And you realize like, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Just mind blown every time. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have been such a shitty kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, I think I was pretty good. I've never I've never been much trouble, to be honest. So nice. it was all right in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> you, you never flipped your parents' beds over. so <laughs> No. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that next I time we try. go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was in 10 years ago, 2010. Uh, I decided to go to Australia. Yeah. So, I'm intrigued. Tell me about Australia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, honestly, I, I, if I could have, I would still be in Australia, I think. <laughs> That's how much I loved it. Um, I... So I went to Sydney, Australia, um, for six months, and it was just amazing. Like so, I, I in a sense, my internship by itself, uh, it was fine. Like it was like a in a robotic lab, so I was playing with a robot, stuff like that. But honestly, like I, I, I went to learn English and to have fun there. Like I didn't care about the internship by itself. <laughs> So you're talking about you wanted to learn English and obviously now you're having a full-blown conversation in fluent English. Tell us how good your English was when you first arrived in Australia and you went to that hotel. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I I landed in Sydney at like super early, at like, I don't know, five or six in the morning, whenever day it was. Um, and I that was literally the first time for me traveling abroad, I. I didn't have a passport before that or anything. So that was the first time. It's crazy you did that on your own. Like, I mean, even before landing, like just, in, I, I remember in the plane, like when the person like came to me and asked me like what I wanted for food and the only word I got was chicken. She gave me like two or three options and I only understood chicken. I was like, all right, chicken. Yeah, that's it. And it was with like spinach and everything and I did up not liking it, but that's, yeah, it was like, right chicken yeah i know that what it is so i can have that <laughs> but yeah when i landed um i took a taxi uh and i had the address on my phone so i gave him the address to this guy and he was actually a i think he was a guy from i would say like pakistan or bangladesh uh if i remember well he wasn't like a, a real australian uh so it was okay to understand him because obviously, like between foreigners, it's easier with the accent to understand uh, when we speak. Um, but then I went, so I only booked uh, an accommodation for a week before going in like a, a hostel. Uh, and then I, I was planning to look for a place uh, over there. And yeah, when I arrived at the hostel, man, like this dude, he was like 20 years old, something. He started to talk to me like... <laughs> I have no fucking idea what he said. <laughs> Literally no fucking idea. I was like, right. I mean, bedroom, yeah, shower, whatever. Like, I got a few words here and there. Like, so I understood that I could shower somewhere. I understood shit. that I didn't have access to the bedroom yet because it was too early. But then I was like, holy shit. 
what the fuck am I doing here? Six wow. months. Whoa. But then it's crazy <laughs> that you went from that to then somehow finding like an apartment and friends and like food shopping. I don't know, just like just, you know, just normal things that when you don't understand the language must just be impossible. Well, so yeah, it was hard. Uh, but I also knew that, well, first that was the only way to actually learn it because in school you not learn, you can't learn a foreign language. Uh, and I also knew that, well, that's how I work at least, is that when you don't have the choice, you're going to find a way. I mean, I need to eat, okay? I'm going to find a way to buy fucking food. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to starve. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was super hard. But I forced myself. Like, So when I was looking for an accommodation this first week, I found plenty of accommodation with French people. And I purposely say no, because I didn't want to live with French people. Because I knew that if I lived with French people... I would just be speaking French and I would just waste my six months and come back not speaking English. Um, so I purposely find a place with no French people in there. I think there was one, but she was never there. Mm. Uh, and and yeah, that was not the easy move, but I knew it was necessary uh, because my purpose was really to, to learn, not just to hang out with a bunch of French people and, and, and have fun. I could have just done that where I was anyway. Right. Um, yeah man Australia was amazing I absolutely loved it. Uh, it, it it would have been my final year I think I would have stayed there um, but yeah I still had one year to do so I had to come back to France to finish my degree mm. um, and, and also uh, I kind of met someone over there <laughs> oh really? yeah uh, yeah I met this chick you know uh, we <laughs> chick. I've never heard Jeremy say chick. I like it. I like it. You Is really assimilating to the U.S. right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I eventually found the place, uh, an apartment with like six other people, uh, four girls, three guys, including me, and just two weeks after I moved in, uh, a British girl came in uh didn't understand a word he said hi my name is rosie you know with a cute english accent (laughs) 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 and uh, i was there with my french accent uh hi my name is jeremy uh hi and yeah we didn't understand each other for a long time Uh, Uh, but like what jeremy was saying about like foreigners can speak to each other like there was people from where were they from like brazil um uh, yeah. holland yeah it was all over the place just lots of different mixed people like you know people from different areas and then they would all literally sit and have a conversation together and i'll just be sat there like i have no idea what anyone is saying just everyone's just speaking foreign to me but you'd all understand each other's english yeah because then i couldn't understand you and you couldn't really understand me so you, it was just... you are the only one uh like native yeah native english speaker when everyone else was a foreigner so yeah. It's really easier to understand. Uh, it's pretty easy to understand when your level of English is just low. Uh, we all speak the same bad English. Mm. Uh, and accent didn't bother us. So that was really easy. But yeah, with her, she was like... That's what I understood, honestly, when she was but talking. But then also, listening to you guys talking, I'm like, you're not even speaking English. I have no idea what's going <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it started. I've no idea how we even got together in there. Oh, because yeah. we couldn't well, even... I just don't know. Alcohol and partying. <laughs> there you go. Alcohol, the universal language. 
Yeah, we used to get shit-faced together. I mean, yeah, we went out a lot. You know, we were like 22 at the time, so potting <laughs> was a big thing, obviously, uh, going out every single day. And, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I didn't plan to find my future wife in Australia, to be honest, uh, or to fall in love or anything. I just went to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if anything, maybe found an Australian. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't find to fall in love with a, an English girl and marry her later. <laughs> that was not part of the script. <laughs> How but, far in after meeting each other did you two start to take each other serious or start officially dating? Um, so I think we met on like the... We met on we met on April, in April because like it was after something. your birthday. Yeah. So yeah, after the 15th of April for sure. It was around the 20th, 22nd. So. And we kissed like for the first time, uh, like end of May. So after a month. Um, and a month later, we went for a little like weekend away together. Nice. Um, and so Rosie stayed three months in Australia until uh, July, beginning of July. And I stayed until end of August. Uh, and yeah, we talked about it like, how can we make it work because you know like i'm going back to france you're going back to england we still have school to finish like uni that's um, the thing though like at the beginning it was literally just like oh this guy's a bit of fun like whatever yeah and, like, like we just it was nothing at all no mm-hmm. and, but but and then, like, then the we more... actually liked each other yeah. and then and we like, loved oh, each other and like, oh like shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. for both of us yeah it was yeah. like shit okay uh what now and uh yeah we decided to give it a shot like we obviously didn't know because i mean speak about long distance relationship that was no one no one like two different countries well but also it was like a month at least a month and a half something yeah. of the other side of the world so that like, would be talk at like four in the morning for me it was four in the afternoon for jeremy so like wow. i'd come home after a night out absolutely pissed out my face and have to try and have a conversation with him and he <laughs> sat there with his friends now i'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah or vice versa, he'd call me after a yeah. night out and I'd be like, okay, you're annoying, yeah, you're drunk. Australia <laughs> is a pain in the ass, it's really far. Like, you're not, you can't talk with anyone, you know? Like, when right. you wake up, you go to sleep or vice versa. That's what it is. <laughs> so it's not easy to communicate with people in Europe or even here. Wow. Um, but yeah, so we, we decided to give it a shot because we really liked each other. Um, and so when I came back, end of August... Uh, Rosie came for two weeks. Uh, she met my parents and everything. And uh, so we had a lot of fun for two weeks in holidays, in vacation in France. And then went back to school to finish uni. Um, my last year was the same. A lot of partying and just making sure I was getting my, I, I got my degree. Uh, and during six months, we basically, every other weekend, we flew somewhere so like we met each other in paris or in london like halfway through or she was Mm -hmm. coming to my place or i was going to her place so we managed to stay in touch and see each other like once or twice a month uh, for six months um and again now now something i realized like i mean i was not working at the time like it's interesting like the culture in france is a bit different than here for that like i feel like students here when they go to college they, they work on the side to pay for education and everything when in france it's not that common at all like usually you just go to school you go to school uh so obviously my parents were paying for all that which i did you know i just i mean every time i was swapping the card it was working i didn't worry where i was coming from <laughs> right. uh, when I, I, at this age um 
now realize that oh actually i was pretty lucky yeah i had a great i have great parents like That's been amazing. really lucky and i realize it now um maybe we'll, maybe we'll call them this afternoon and say thank you <laughs> <laughs> um and then in february i had to do my final internship and i decided again to go away uh, and this time i so well, let's try to go to england because i still wanted to work on my english um and and also i thought well I might as well get closer to this one <laughs> easier so i found an internship in in, in england uh, again the internship wasn't fun the location wasn't fun but it was just easier for us to be together and and to learn english for me because uh, i knew i knew at the end like on the cv you know when i would have to look for a job after it like that would make a difference uh that was that that's literally what i had in mind um so yeah i finished school in september 2011 and literally a week later i had an interview in paris and i found a job in paris a week later literally like we wow. we had um we actually booked some vacation i remember and we had to cancel it because i found the job super quickly and didn't miss right away and uh yeah so we had a talk and we both graduated and i didn't want to live in england because uh, I didn't super enjoy it and the weather is not great. <laughs> what I hear. Yeah. Uh, so we thought about, okay, let's let's give it a shot in France. Uh, and we thought that for Rosie, like in the south of France, we don't speak much English. Uh, so we thought Paris would be the best way to get used to living in France. So we, we thought, okay, I'm going to look for a job in France. So I applied and, and yeah, I got a job in a week. And actually I remember that during the interview the the, the woman uh, asked me do you speak english and i was like yeah yeah actually i've just come back from like a six months in england when six months in australia and my girlfriend is english and she was like oh, okay i'm not gonna test it then and i found <laughs> after i just because she didn't speak a fucking word of english in fact really? pretty much yeah but you know oh. I, <laughs> and that was funny um yeah got wow. a job in paris uh stayed there for one year um yeah. Did you enjoy Paris? Tell us about Paris. No, I didn't. Like you're probably the only person that anyone's ever going to say like you didn't like Paris. Well, it's you know there is the holiday Paris and the living in Paris. It's two different things. Just like if you know, I don't know any big city. Like there's a difference between when you live somewhere and when you vacation somewhere. And living in Paris is not as fun as vacationing in Paris. Uh, first couldn't afford much because i was it was my first job so i didn't earn much money and rosie didn't work so we had one salary and paris is fucking expensive to rent a place mm. so we had to rent something in a, in a suburb uh so when you're not right in the middle of paris that means you if you want to get to paris you need to take the metro or whatever for like two hours so you know they don't show that in a movie <laughs> uh, yeah. everyone lives next to the eiffel tower in the movies right uh so yeah that's one thing and then i mean i'm from the south of france so the weather is more what we have here in miami than what we have in england like i'm used to the sun i used to warmth uh when you go to paris like you see a gray sky 75 percent of the time okay like uh. and just my my brain my body can't deal with it i'm like people find it funny, but now I think you understand it. At the time, Rosie yeah. didn't understand what I was saying. Now that like, I need the sun, I need warmth. Like I'm literally not happy when I don't see the sun for 
a week or two. And she didn't yeah. get that. She didn't, she's finding it funny, but now she understands now. Well, Paris for me was very exotic. Yeah, from well, the north of yeah we didn't have the same <laughs> reference. You, you went from 90% gray to 70% Yeah, it was gray. nice. So it was like, lovely. It's a big, uh, and, nice increase in sun. And yeah, and also because I was working there, so I had to drive to, drive to work every day. So that means being stuck in traffic. Uh, that means leaving the house at like 6.30 or 7 a.m. and coming back at like 7, 7.30. So, you know, it's not the Paris life that you see in a movie. Like, I, mm-hmm. it was real life. Uh, and yeah, in real life, Paris is not that much fun. Right, yeah, in weekend you can do a lot of things and everything, but yeah, you need to take the tube for two hours also. So and it's so it's so funny to hear you explain that because your lifestyle now in Miami is literally the complete exactly opposite <laughs> of what it was in Paris. Yeah. Like that's hilarious. I didn't even know you had like that whole type of experience, which now all now makes and sense. And that's yeah. that's why I fucking appreciate it right now because I know what it is. <laughs> and yeah, we had a different experience because Rosie was not working as well over there, so she had time to go and. And, and, and oh, I mean, I wasn't. Wor- I wasn't working because I didn't know any French. Like, like Jeremy said, he was always wanted to speak English. He went to places to speak English. I literally went to France to be with Jeremy, so I had zero French. So I like did French courses, did babysitting, did like I don't know telemarketing crap jobs just to do anything. So it's not that I wasn't working. I wasn't just like no, yeah, but not like full it was time. Different, and, yeah. yeah, we had a different experience. I loved uh, it. Yeah, it <laughs> so like in the middle of summer in July, uh, I was like. Literally in July, I didn't see the sun for three weeks. I was like, it's fucking summer. We should be warm right now. And it's fucking <laughs> depressing. And I actually remember it. It was like on a weekend, like a Saturday or Sunday. I woke up after three weeks of gray and cold. And it was raining. And I was like, fuck this. I'm, 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 I'm going to look for a new job. And literally, I spent my entire weekend like writing my resume, applying for a job. And three weeks later, we came down... To the south of France to for me to have interviews oh. and I had like five or six interview lined up in a week um, and yeah we thought like, yeah let's just go back to the south of France because it's fucking nicer <laughs> no. um, so we moved uh, to a region in Provence called around Marseille and uh, yeah we moved to a really cute apartment in a really nice city in the south and it was great and lovely uh, and we spent one one and a half year to this place and then well we were getting a bit serious after what three years together so we decided to buy an apartment nice. uh in a small town over there <clears throat> and what's funny compared to now is that still at this time i was still working to work like i didn't really enjoy what i was doing uh but you know he was paying the rent and stuff like that so that was it but i had like no not much fun doing it um and i i realized that actually like now i can say that that you know mm-hmm. i went to school to learn something that i was not passionate about just because it was the right thing to do and yeah it got me a good job yeah i got to live in paris for one year yeah i got whatever i wanted everything but actually i, I wasn't really enjoying it mm-hmm. um not much really because uh, I had no interest. It was, a, it, it was a job. It was literally to pay the rent and to pay the bills. That was it. Uh, but I can't say that it was really fulfilling me or making me happy or whatever. Uh, right. But I didn't see any other... I didn't even see that at the time because I, I thought that was just a normal thing to do because a lot of people in France are like that anyway and, and that's how I grew up is that you work for 40 years to enjoy your retirement. You know, like, that's it. Like, 
it doesn't matter. You don't need to enjoy your work. It's your work. Okay. Like you just to pay the bills and have a big TV and have a nice car. Right? That's why you work, not to be fucking happy or enjoy it. That's what was in my brain. So I didn't see that at the time. Uh, that was just and the it, way it was. Yeah. So, man, I find it so fascinating because the same way that you grew up in France was very similar to how I viewed life and a lot of my friends viewed life in the sense that, okay, when I become an adult, I'm going to get a job just for the sake of having a job and, you know, having some nice things and save my money up so that by the time I retire at age, you know, 60, then I can go enjoy all the things that I want to do. And it's crazy that like that same bullshit story is in the U S and it's in France and it's in all these other places. And then it's, it's cool to see what we're all doing now. We've literally transcended that and we're, we're all doing literally the opposite. Yeah. But we, we are a minority right now. Like a, a little minority. That's that's still the norm. Like everyone we know in France, all our friends are still in this old fashioned mindset still. Like right. luckily we came to Miami and made people like you and, and stuff like that to change and have a new mindset because otherwise we would have been stuck in this cycle. Well, so if I if I carry on a bit, so we, we bought the apartment and then I found a new job um well actually so I, I was working for like a consulting company so i was going from like a month to this place and then two months there and six months there and in december 2014 just after we bought our apartment six months later uh i finished my my project so i had to well i my, my consulting firm was looking for another one and it was literally like a week before Christmas and, you know, finding a new project just before Christmas is not the best time because obviously everyone is going away and stuff like that. <clears throat> and uh, my manager told me like, yeah, I've got those friends. Uh, they just started a startup uh, and they could do with some help for like a few weeks. And, you know, it's good because it's Christmas. So it's just temporary and we're going to look for something else in, in January. It's not really in your field, but it's it's it'll be fun, you know, and whatever. So I went for an interview. It was like right in the middle of Marseille. So like pain in the ass to get there. So much traffic. It took us like an hour and a half to go for the interview. I was like, fuck it. I hope I don't get it. Because uh, it's just going to be a pain in the ass. I went for the interview. Uh, interview went well. Like I, I liked the guys and I liked the, the company, but just not practical. You know, like the, it was so not convenient. Like it was literally like an hour and a half in traffic to do every day. I was like, come on. That's, I'm just going to hate it. Like, it's just going to be so much of a pain in the ass. Like, let's hope I don't get it. And I didn't get it. One minute, though. I remember before you even had the interview, when they when they said about Marseille, Joe was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I want to go to fucking Marseille. What the fuck are they doing this for? Ah. And I was like, <laughs> Joe, this might be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Are you no fucking, fucking joking? Way. It's fucking Marseille. Yeah. I don't want to do this bullshit. Ah. And I was like, look, chill out. <laughs> Go for the interview. You never know. It might be wonderful. It's going to be fucking awful. Like, it just yeah. literally how had... Could, how the fuck can it be wonderful? No fucking way. Um, <laughs> so I had the interview. A few days later, they tell me, okay, no, sorry. So we are taking someone else. I was like, yes, good, actually. So I stayed for a week at home, not working. And a week later, they actually called me back saying, well, actually, this, this other person didn't make it. It wasn't a right fit. So we want you instead. 
It's like, fucking damn it. Yeah. <laughs> well, six years later, I'm still in the same company and I'm living in Miami thanks to them right now. <laughs> Who would have ever thought? Oh, yeah, I didn't. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's so crazy. And it's so funny how things like that in life seem to happen so often. Yeah. Where it's like, no, this isn't for me. I don't want anything to do with this. And then fast forward six years later, oh, here I am doing that thing <laughs> in a whole other place. And it's led to so many opportunities. I mean, yeah, it's you. insane. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. It's just so That's funny. Right. So I stayed for three years uh, in the company in Marseille. Um, at, like the, the day I got there, it was like, five of us in a small office the three founders of the company another guy and myself and and uh yes yeah, three years later we were like 15 or 20 uh, companies doing well and companies doing so well that the the managers hey julien uh they are like we're gonna open an office in marseille uh, uh in miami sorry in the us in miami to grow over there uh we think well we want you to come with us because we think you're the right person for that uh what do you think i was like what wait what, what? i mean uh what <laughs> in miami really i mean i don't i don't know how to do all that like you want guys me you guys want me to do this and that like i don't have any experience in that i don't know and they were like no we're not asking you if you can do it we're asking you if you want to do it because we know you can mm. So it's just if you wow. want or not. I was like, okay, okay, just wait, okay? Just give me a, <laughs> a few days. Uh, came back home, talked to Rosie about it. It was, yeah, yeah. Rosie was not super that, keen. Because I was going to ask, at that time, what was your perception of the U.S. and Miami? Well, you answered Um, I mean, Miami, so... Miami for me was Ocean Drive. Mm -hmm. That's that's my view of Miami, like right. party town with girls in bikini, skating and and Muscle Beach and people walking out and yeah, that was Miami. That's what the idea I had. I think for me, Miami was the same. It was like party town, like like bachelorette parties, things like that, and. A lot of, honestly a lot of what I thought it would be as well is things like guns and violence which is what you see in films yeah. and media so I was just like right. oh my god I don't want to move there you know we're going to see people with guns we're going to see people get shot we're going to see murders we're going to mm. like it's dangerous it's scary and it was just like for me I was just like no we're safe in this small town like I don't know if I want to go because and, it was just and, such and a that was change. in 2016 just before Trump was elected Wow. I remember Jeremy saying, actually, I had a conversation. Yeah, I was like, it's never going to happen. Like, is, is it not going <laughs> to vote for it? It's not going to happen anyway. <laughs> I was saying to Jeremy, I was like, if oh, Trump man. gets elected, are we still going to go? Because that's a scary concept, having like foreigners going into where Trump's, you know, in power, whatever, I shouldn't talk about it too much. But Jeremy was like, he's never going to get in. It's never going to happen. I was like, but what if? And he's like, Rosie, there's no point worrying about what if he's never going to happen. Like, he was 100% yeah, sure. Right. And then he got voted and it was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Um but no yeah and that that like working for for this company you works like totally changed my life like obviously it, it miami came but even without miami like that's when i shifted my whole mindset about work like mm -hmm. suddenly you can do something that you enjoy for hours actually you know like you can even do it like work evenings and weekends and love it and have fun with it 
And I was like, wow, that's possible. I've never seen it as an option before at all. When right. suddenly because it became real. Well, the thing I saw about your office was because they were like 30-somethings as well and super cool. Like they'd have like beers at lunchtime and like play football in the office and like just have yeah, fun Yeah, it was like it. a startup environment. Like yeah. you would think right. of a startup. Uh, so it was not like a corporate, like you can wear whatever you want. It you, wasn't like put your phone away at lunch, Yeah, like, right. Whatever. It's like we, we know you're not walking nine hours in front of your computer the whole time. You know, it's fine. Like, you can take right. a break. You can look on your Facebook if you want. It's fine. Like, we know. Like, yeah, my managers are my friends now. You know, like, it's, it's just like a really human relationship and stuff like that. And that was like so interesting. I was like, wow, that's possible. That's amazing. And because I've, I've, I've got in the company so early, I've seen like the company growing, you know, from four, five employees to now 20, 25 and stuff like that. And I've seen the growth. I've learned so much from everything because, you know, when you're only five, you multitask, you, you do everything. <laughs> uh, right. Things has to be done and, and you just do it. So I've learned so much about it, but it totally shifted my, yeah, the way I work. And I, 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 I tell them that quite regularly. It's like, you guys fucked me up. Like, I'm never going to be able yeah. to go back to a normal job again. You know, right. like I'm never going to be able to go back to an office when I can't just do what the hell I want. Like, right. <laughs> like I'm fucked. And, and now I'm telling them I'm even more fucked because now I don't even want to go back to an office because I'm, I'm used to work right. from home. So <laughs> That's so amazing because right away, you always worked from home, right? Right when you moved for, to Miami, was it always? Uh, no, actually, I, so when, when we moved to Miami, uh, I, I, I went to the office for like eight months uh six eight months uh yeah and then i i switched to homework to yeah working from home full-time so now it's been more than it's been two years now i work from home but yeah i'm That's getting really used to cool. it um and one of the things that i that i could see which is so interesting now is how this job that you currently have and starting out with only you know being one of five employees and seeing it grow to 2025 in those initial stages, you were wearing so many hats and you were able to utilize so many different skills. Mm -hmm. And then now knowing you in this moment, knowing how many different projects that, you know, you have going on and how many different skills that, you know, you always get to display. It really shows that that job in and of itself kind of puts you in this position where you got to see how many skills you have and like how you can work in so many different ways with so many different people if you want to. And and also that if you don't have the skill, you still need to get it done. So you're going to learn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Uh, it totally changed the perspective on how to work on on being like way more open-minded about it, of, about enjoying what you do, and also about being an entrepreneur. Because I, 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 I got to learn the the founders of the company and and I've seen them growing the company. I've learned from them so much and and that gave me the that that's that's why now I'm working towards you know eventually like I, like I'm I'm saying this is my last job. Like this is the last time I'm, I'm going to work for a company at least for a while. Like not my whole right. life, I don't know, but like I've learned so much and now I I want to do this for myself. Um, and that's mm. thanks to them. Uh, and I mean, they know that. Because, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've learned so much from it that I know what's possible. I know that's an option now. I know I can do it. I've got the skills. I've got the experience. And, and yeah, I just enjoy it. 
That's so empowering. How does it feel to to have that type of mindset and power where essentially you know like you can work for yourself or you can literally create whatever it is that you want? I mean, like you said, at the end, it's just showing that it's just limitation we put we we have like uh, like before meeting them i thought that was just not an option it was not even i didn't think i was capable of doing it it's just it wasn't an option for a start like that was it and then when it became an option i had to learn that yeah i can do it and that was just by my managers are amazing for that like they they told me so much about it and like, i remember having a conversation with my manager in a in a jacuzzi in Paris. Everyone's <laughs> under that. Adrian, you remember that? <laughs> uh, that sounds like one of the most enjoyable business meetings yeah. ever. Uh, but I remember him saying something along the lines that, uh, like, he, he said something like, what would make me happy if it's like in five years, 10 years, you and a bunch of other guys, you have your own companies. Because that means, you know, I've, I've, I've showed you that was an option. I've showed you that's possible and you've learned and everything. Like, so I, I, I see them like mentors in a sense. Like they've told me so much that, yeah, it's all thanks to them, honestly, for that. That's 100%. Awesome. Um, and also what, what has been a big change is at the same time. So uh, we bought the apartment in 2014. And then, you know, so we ticked one box and then the next box was having a kid. Well, getting married. Yeah, getting married. Appointment 2014, getting married 2015. So next step was getting uh, having a kid. Um, so that came into the equation in 2016. Uh, and, well, the first try, we had a, an early miscarriage in 2016. Uh, but you know it was the first time so we decided to 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 try again anyway and uh in 2017 got pregnant again uh it went well for a while and then at um when we had one of the visits a scan you know like a classic scan that you have many times during the pregnancy uh the nurse doctor uh, told us that there's something wrong with the baby. Uh, it's not growing as it should grow, etc. There is a heart issue. Uh, and basically, I mean, we'll record an episode about that, but because I could talk about it for a while, but basically we ended up... Uh, yeah, the, the baby had a genetic disorder and the chance, the chance of survival were really, really low and he had many, 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 many problems. Um, and... We were f- we were faced with a decision of uh, stopping the pregnancy, like having an abortion or not. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> when you talk about taking decisions, you know, like should you wear a white t-shirt or a black t-shirt today? Like this kind of kind this kind of decision put things in perspective. It's like shit. Okay. So yeah, we basically had to decide if we wanted to stop the abortion or not. Uh, uh, stop the pregnancy or not and have an abortion uh i mean we had a lot of medical help and stuff like that and and that was the right thing to do basically uh at the time based on all the information that we had so we we decided together to stop the pregnancy and in in may 2017 uh yeah we had an abortion uh and that was just i mean 
rock bottom eller någonting. We can go lower than that. <laughs> um, I was lucky that I had a great job and they've been supportive. Like I didn't work for like two or three months and, you know, no question asked. And they've been amazing for that. I came back when I was ready for it um, because we had, obviously, we needed time together to go through that. And that gave me the, suddenly I realized that life, you know, it's a miracle. Like it's not, we take it for granted, but it's actually like, uh, I realized that from now on I would do what the fuck I want to be happy and to enjoy my life. And it's not about what I should do, what people tell me to do or whatever. I was like, that was the first time I realized that life was life <laughs> in a sense, you know, that right. it's this thing that we all take for granted. Like everyone, like, I don't want to sound like dick, but like, Every single person who get pregnant, they expect to have a baby nine months later. That's just right. normal. Just like, I don't know, like you buy something, it's there. You know, like people say, I'm pregnant, I'm going to have a baby. No, you're pregnant. Now that's the way I see it. Uh, and mm. and it, it's not guaranteed and because it's a fucking miracle. And I mean, and now, three years later, between then and now, we had two other miscarriages. So I can't even emphasize even more on it that it's a fucking miracle uh absolutely but yeah that was a i mean as you can imagine that was a fucking horrible time i don't wish it to anyone yeah. uh even my worst enemy but that was also the beginning of my transformation in a sense that i started to see life really differently and i was like no i'm gonna enjoy life you know i'm not gonna spend my entire life working shit doing stuff that I don't want to do to maybe enjoy life in 40 years. Like life is now and I want to enjoy it because it might be gone tomorrow and stuff like that. 100%. So it took us a while, obviously, to recover. I mean, it took us eight months. Uh, and in November 2017, I basically told my managers that we need to move, like we need to move on. Uh, it's too hard to still live in the same apartment and and stuff like that. Too many reminders, you know. But it was also like have the same apartment with the same friends, with all our friends getting pregnant and having healthy babies, and you yeah. having the same job with people at work having healthy babies, and yeah, because you know at this time like we're all the same age, so when babies right. start to pop out, everyone, everyone is like everyone's getting married at the same time, everyone's having babies, so everyone were having babies right. for us and stuff like that. I think like close to us, I think there's about six pregnancies all within yeah maybe within six, six months. months. Yeah. So it was just yeah it was like, like yeah. And it was people that we'd usually yeah. see like, you know, every weekend, every other weekend, and then suddenly having to see them being pregnant, carrying on being pregnant, having healthy babies, then seeing them grow yeah. up. It was just like It was like punches in the face every yeah. time. I'm sure. I can I can I can only imagine how difficult that's been and, and it can still be for both of you. And I think something that's so special is how both of you can speak on that experience and how it's made you stronger and it's made you appreciate life so much more for for what it is as opposed to what we quote unquote think it should be yeah. and and i think those life experiences has in part has created the space for both of you to have this podcast where people can can share this these types of incredible stories because it really is incredible in the sense of of how large it is and 
and I make up that there's there's other people who have gone through their version of that with with a pregnancy yeah. and uh, there's so much support that your story <clears throat> with that is going to help so many like so many people so many families and and to see that you two are still together after such a traumatic thing and having an even closer bond you know throughout this entire thing it's going to give so many people hope going forward i think that's forward. the incredible thing is that it very easily could have torn us apart yeah like very easily but the fact that we're still together and stronger than ever like for just... like eight months it was like a nightmare like to be honest like it was so hard mm-hmm. like for both of us uh but yeah we pulled it through like we could have just broken up that was probably that would have been the easiest option in a sense <laughs> uh, but like no i mean we loved each other we love each other and you know that was just we've been there for each other um but yeah no it was hard and and i mean i like to do like we both want to do like a few episodes about that because there's so much things that we saw like like you say no like we we don't talk about it it's happening to so many people like losing babies is more usual than we think it is uh at certain degree you know like it can be miscarriages abortion uh stillborn like it's it's huge it's happening everywhere and it's not just in i don't know underdeveloped countries or whatever it's happening to a lot of people on a daily basis and no one's no one talk about it it's just a massive taboo well there's something else as well another reason i want to talk about it this will be another episode we'll get back to jeremy in a minute (laughs) (laughs) but like so i've had three miscarriages and all three of them have been so in like so incredibly different that like i just thought a miscarriage was what it would be like with my first one. I didn't think every single one would be completely different. So that's something else I want to talk about yeah. more. And like, yeah, we we have a lot we have a lot to to talk about about this subject about how you know in society we only talk about the mother when she like that happened mm-hmm. and not the man. Like when that happened, so that was in May, and we moved to Miami in December. So it's like we we stayed like seven months in France and and when people call and they just ask, you know, how's Rosie doing? Like, no one asks about how you're doing. Like, no. barely anyone. Even, my, my parents did. Yeah, but, but even, like, we went, so we went to it. Portugal that summer <laughs> with Jeremy's family, and we went and spoke to his aunties, like, in the evenings and things, and they would, like, sit down and talk to us and be like, how are you, Rosie? How are you getting on? Like, how are you physically? How are you mentally? And Jeremy was sat there like, it was my fucking baby as well. Like, you know, he's... It was just, it was just as hard as it was. Probably even harder, actually, for Jeremy than it was for me because he then had to deal with me, who was a wreck and then also deal with himself whereas I would just didn't give a shit about anything I was just in my own hole like yeah. no one really cared about asking Jeremy how he was as if it didn't really matter almost it was yeah well because it physically didn't happen to me and and people you know attach it to like a mother thing uh so yeah there's a lot we could talk about <laughs> about that yeah uh, i can't when when's when those episodes yeah, drop? That, that, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. The, the world the world needs that that could literally be its its own podcast oh, yeah yeah you know what i mean like its own po- podcast because so many it's uh, happening format. to so many people like a can, while ago i actually thought about yeah. doing a podcast and i reached out to yeah. some women and had some women who said they would do and then we got we, we got a domain name and everything for that so we'll do it <laughs> one day we got we got it actually yeah we got everything we'll do it one day probably no, for sure um For sure. but anyway, yeah so to, <laughs> yeah to carry on in, in in november 2017 rosie was so i i went back to work in like june like two months later and that was good for me to see you know a different environment and stuff like that it was good to move on a little bit but rosie was stuck at home and and it took 
really longer for her to get better. And basically in November, I, my managers moved to Miami early on and I told them that because we, we were still working on the visa and everything. And I told them basically like, we can't live here anymore. So we either come to Miami in December before Christmas, or I just quit. And I don't know what we'll do, but we'll just leave somewhere. Uh, because we just can't stay in this apartment any longer. That was just not possible anymore for our mental health. Um, and again, they been amazing for that and said okay book your flight and we'll figure it out mm. uh and yeah that was like middle of november and a month later a week before christmas we moved to miami like we put our apartment up for rent we sold everything that we had we came with like two suitcases each and 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 that was it um mm. we moved to miami just a week before christmas in 2017 and and we started our reconstruction i would say um mm. and it's been amazing <laughs> since then uh we didn't expect miami to be that good at all like because <laughs> we didn't we just didn't know uh but right. we had expect well we we made assumptions and stuff like that and then we discovered that miami was way much more than ocean drive <laughs> that yeah. americans are not just cowboys with guns and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but you know all the cliche that we have uh, sure. uh yeah and we met amazing people and we got into yoga and into working out and into the whole american mindset that i fucking love about yeah like everything <laughs> everything is amazing and everything is awesome in the u.s uh I joke about it, but it's so amazing because you, you have so much support here. Like if, I don't know, I'm not going to generalize with everyone, but here we found a lot of support. Uh, right. like we can come up with the most stupid idea. We're going to have people saying, that's great. Keep doing it. Carry on. Try it. Mm. Uh, so it's been great to expand and, and, and see other possibilities. Now we see that. We can do a lot. Uh, we want to do a lot, and and there is a lot of things that we can do. We have a real, we have a nice circle of people around us that support us and and keep us motivated and accountable and stuff like that. And and that totally shifted our mindset about how we perceive the future. And mm -hmm. and now we are doing everything to create this dream that we have about living whatever we want in the world, doing our own money by enjoying life, not by working 15 hours a day. Uh, and and that's been possible because we've seen that, well, we've seen it's possible for a start because we know people here doing it. Uh, and because we have people telling us that we can do it as well. Um, Absolutely. Which in France, we would not have that. We would not, don't have this, we won't have this kind of support. In, in Europe, I mean, in, in France and England, I would say, like from our mm -hmm. families or friends and things like that, because the culture, the mindset is different. And, uh, and yeah, and that's what we are working on right now. That's why I did gratitude training and met you. That's why we started yeah. this podcast, because it's the little thing that we are doing to build this dream life that, that, that we want now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of it. <laughs> it it's really powerful to see 
how you and Rosie consistently show up and you two are one super loving like you're always like a blast to be around and two you're always up to something like you're always working on not not a project <laughs> yeah you're both are working on projects simultaneously and you know for those listening that don't know, that don't know like Jeremy inspired me and like jump started me on my podcast <laughs> and and helping me out with that which I very much appreciate and you know me, myself my girlfriend Alejandra Rosie and Jeremy we all really work to inspire each other and keep each other lifted up and we have so many people in our circle that allow us to show up in life that way so I, I appreciate you both so much thank you um no yeah Miami has been the best thing that happened honestly the timing was perfect as well in a sense you know you can't make it up you know it was just meant to happen I'm not going to try to explain it just what it is but the, the timing was just what we needed at the right time uh, and and I think that's why also we enjoy Miami so much is because we when just before Miami we were so low like we hit a rock bottom mm. that we appreciate every second of it and we, we 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 don't take it for granted anymore and we actually appreciate every minute we know what we have we know how lucky we are to have what we have yet we don't have a child and we don't know if it's going to happen to be honest uh but we have each other and and uh we're just really grateful for what we have right now and uh yeah and we appreciate it it's not just we are aware of it we know that right. and you know like life is so weird anyway like when you think about it it's so fucked up like we like the baby in 2017 was due uh in summer uh, in, in august uh and you know like we thought about it because that was a concern like are we gonna move to miami with a newborn you know mm. like we don't know anything about the country we keep hearing that health in the us is ridiculously expensive are we gonna come to Miami with a baby with like a three months old or six months old or even one years old like we don't know how what to do with a baby you know I mean it's stressful enough just to be parents for the first time right. it's stressful enough to move to to leave leave your life behind and move to another continent is it a good idea to do both at the same time like that was a concern you know like mm. and 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 uh, when I think about it now also when I know what happened like within the company like some shit like and, and misunderstanding with you know like the decision and the board and stuff like that like we would right. have had the baby maybe we would have not come to miami uh mm. because we would have not come to miami with a newborn baby like a one month old or two months old we would have wait you know to got that whole the health done because it's free in trans and it's easier because we have parents and stuff like that so we might have waited Sorry. a bit longer but we would have waited longer we, the opportunity would have been gone professionally speaking uh right. so you never know i i mean yeah. it's just the whole thing is just like yeah i mean yeah. I'm not gonna try to make sense out of it because it doesn't yeah so it's just what it is uh yeah yeah i think there's there's a powerful lesson there and and for me understanding that with timing and situations and things that happen it's like all of the bad things that happened in my life and i you know i talk about my mom's story a lot you know, if it wasn't for her death, I don't know if I would be in the position that I'm in yeah. now. And that statement to me is such a weird mm. statement because yeah. it because I would 
give anything for my mom to be alive right now. And at the same time, I look at where my life is right now and it's, it's really great. Mm. And, it, and it's just so, it's so interesting to look on both sides and, you know, on one side, want to like beat myself up for that. And then on another side, be really grateful for where I, where yeah. I'm at. And, you know, it really made me think of that when you said like, life is weird. Like it. it yeah. Cause really in a is. sense, in a way, like, I mean, I think about it a lot. It's like, in a sense, you feel guilty to think that like, right. It's like, yeah. Like we could have had a healthy baby, but maybe we would be stuck in France right now in still this small apartment, probably in this town that we there's not much going on. Like God knows what would have happened after that. Would would we still be together? I mean, you, you never know, you know. But like, but it's weird to say like we we love our life right now in Miami. Like we're so happy here. Like we discovered so many things and we are doing things that we both enjoy and we're so grateful to be here right now. Uh, but it's like weird to think that because the reason we're here is also because something terrible happened to us and it's such a weird feeling. It's like, ugh. no, yeah. Yeah, but so I have a question. Yeah. Talk to us about your drone photography, because Jeremy always says that like I'm the creative one, but he's recently <laughs> been more creative than me, and he's been awesome. Tell us about that. Yeah, those pictures are fun. Uh, thank you. Um, well, so I mean, she decided to get a drone one day uh, after doing a few photography gigs in Miami and having money. She was like, oh, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to buy a drone. <laughs> uh, and uh, so she bought a drone and she flew it and she crashed it <laughs> one no, day. No, well, we both flew it. Like, yeah, but it was more you than me yeah. at the beginning. It was your drone. <laughs> yeah. It was your drone. And I, was I was very proud of myself. And I was using it once in a while. Uh, and, and one day she crashed it just by mistake. I mean, it's nothing special, but since then so we got a new one because uh, it was like under guarantee so we just got a new one and and then she was like no i don't want to crush it anymore so it became my uh. drone my toy <laughs> <laughs> uh and yeah i just discovered that i, I love it <laughs> uh i mean i've never been interested in photography before at all uh or in flying things or <laughs> whatever but i just i, I just love the fact that is giving me like a new perspective uh i can see sharks in the ocean i can see shit that i can't see with my eyes like right. i like flying the drone in a sense more than the photography side of it i just love flying and see stuff from another point of view that i can't see with my own eyes so it's so cool to just fly over the ocean and see a mantarian shark and a turtle and whatever it is i like, and and the picture just come after that because it's nice to keep memory of it uh, sure. but it's even turning to more than that though because you've learned how to edit photographs and you're now learning how to edit videos and that yeah, could be like a pro you know and that that thing. came like organically in a sense like when you take pictures of it after you want the picture to look nice and then you share them so for that i need some skills so rosie taught me how to edit videos uh, photographs and then i thought well actually some stuff are better in video than in photo so how the fuck do i edit a video and then that that came organically like in a sense um so yeah now i'm learning video editing and and photography editing and stuff like that things that i've never thought i would be learning about but That's i so even awesome. got my drone pilot license i'm a pilot <laughs> hey, i like your pilot 
I just need a uniform. And <laughs> That's it. Uh, we don't need to wait to Halloween when we get yeah. now. But yeah, no, it, like I didn't expect it. It's just one of these things that kind of, you know, comes from nowhere. And you don't know why again. Just like this podcast. I mean, didn't plan to have a podcast a while ago, but I don't know. You can't plan what's going to happen. So it's just about opportunities presenting themselves and and just saying yes to them and and trying it mm. and some works some don't because we try new things every two weeks so i mean <laughs> like you said we have a million shit going on there's a lot of abandoned projects on the side but some of them are sticking a bit longer than the others uh but it's so good because i've learned so much along the way and so many different skills and stuff like that so it's all valuable anyway for the future it's it's all a, it's an investment and that's the thing as well. Amazing. It's like, it's just to do things that you have fun doing. Like you just enjoyed the flying the drone and that's kind of led you down to this now, like editing videos and whatever. Yeah. And people have, you know, asked you about photographing certain things and it's just about having fun, isn't it really? Yeah. I mean, like I said before, now that's what I want to do. I'm not going to do things for the money. I'm also lucky. Like I've got a good job that I enjoy and it's paying well. Uh, so I don't need to chase money. Uh, so I can afford to just do things because I want to and for fun. Uh, but you know, when you're serious about it and when you're consistent about it and when you care about it, mm. uh, organically, this hobby can become, can generate an income. Uh, and that's the plan. Sure. Like, it's not the purpose, but eventually I think it will, if I'm good at it, if I'm consistent on it. And another thing, like sure. I'm not doing it because of the money, but I know if I do it, maybe one day it's going to pay off and I'm, I'll be happy about it because I'll be making money from shit that I love doing. So for sure which to me is ideal yeah, right that's that's what you want right like <laughs> yeah and a lot of times i know i hear it all the time people making up the story that they can't get paid from from doing what they love and you're both an example and myself i'm also yeah. an example of what's possible it's just, well the, the reason people think it's not possible is just because people think it's easy because it's gonna fall from the sky yeah you need to work like i know what i'm gonna be right. doing this weekend I'm probably not going to get out of the house and walk the entire weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, we're working for it. It's not just... For sure. It's not gave, given to us, but but I'm fine with it. I'm happy to do it. Because I know right. it's, it's also Would like an investment it? for the future. Absolutely. So, it's just how you see it. But yeah, this whole bullshit about I don't have time, blah, 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 blah. It's just excuses. And I had these excuses for a long time, so it's fine. Mm. Uh but yeah, you sort of excuses at the end. <laughs> yeah. And it's powerful that you're able to recognize that now because how many people aren't aware that they are making excuses that are stopping them from doing exactly what it is they really want to yeah. do. I know it's up to me. I can decide to watch Netflix or to work on next podcast episode, you know, whatever. I, it's a choice, but I have time. You just do I make time for it? That's the question. Mm. But we have time. We all have time. It's just, do you I make time that. for whatever you want to do? And if you don't, it's fine. If you don't care enough about it to spend your weekend doing it, that's absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with it. But just right. don't complain that it's not happening. That's all. It's just right. that. Keep it real. Yeah, just that. don't lie to yourself. Don't look for, it's not happening because of this person or that, or I don't have the good equipment or whatever. No, no, like, that's bullshit. If you want to make it happen, you'll make it happen. Yeah, just, yeah. You, you got me on the uh, not needing good equipment part. Yeah, but you, you literally told anything, me that. I was like, ready to not start my podcast. <laughs> I didn't have the right mic. Yeah, and the mic cost twenty bucks anyway. Yeah. 
You know, he's not like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's just a really good human at making excuses and not to do stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. I know that your kind of mission, goal, whatever for the future is to help people, mm. to help them with their passions and hobbies and businesses and things. Mm. Do you want to talk about that? And also a little bit about like advice maybe or something? Um, well, where did that come from? I don't really know where it's coming from, to be honest. But <laughs> probably I'm... helping me for the past couple of years, being like, "Where is he getting your yeah, shit together?" Yeah, I think <laughs> it's it's not like you know, it's not like I woke up in the morning and I had this revelation. It's more like now I can reflect on what's what has been happening, and it's two things. First, it started with myself. I can see that I went from I didn't talk about it in this episode, but it's been in many episodes before. But like, I've changed so much in ten, fifteen years. Like, I went from being like a a, a, a racist homophobic uh guy who thought that you know you just gonna have to check the boxes buy a house have a kid get married wait that you're 60 years old to enjoy your life and stuff like that this old mindset to being who i am today so i can see change is possible for a start and i can see now that this whole story about you can't do what you love you can be paid for what you love and stuff like that i know that's bullshit uh, and also yeah i've been trying to help rosie with whatever she's doing uh and you know we all have skills like no one is good at everything some people are good at a other people are good at b whatever i'm good at a few things rosie is good at other things we are complementing each other pretty well about that so i know i can help some people that have some skills but not others uh and and i can see myself and i don't know how yet but i can see myself doing something around now long term i, 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 I can see i don't know which form it's gonna take it's not it's still a bit blurry in my head but i know i've got the vision i got the thing uh and i know it's about there's a shit ton of people in the world that wants to have a happy life that have talents and amazing skills but they don't know how to get started or they don't dare to get started or they're not supported uh because you know multiple things financial reason because i think it's actually like so hard but it's actually i don't know you know it's super easy to start a podcast but people think it's like so hard it's super easy right. like so stuff like that so and i think i've got some good like technical skills and organizational skills and stuff like that to help those kind of people to actually get started and, and maybe create the life that they want. And I'm saying maybe because it's not guaranteed because at the end, you need to put the fucking work. I can tell you that it's possible and how to do it, but I mean, I'm not going to put the hours for it. So you're going to have to do the work, right. but I can see myself like doing something around that. So I don't know how yet, yeah. still a bit shady but that's i mean it sounds a lot like it, it does sound a lot like some type of form of coaching or consulting that, that you could be doing yeah but also like i'm i'm also a doer i don't want just mm -hmm. to tell people also like you know if 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 to get you started with whatever you want to do i also need to make a website for you because you don't have the skills for that you know i also want i'm not just going to coach you i also would help you make it happen if i have the skill to make it happen so it's uh yeah 
I think you're just naturally one of those people that people come to for advice. Like obviously, Alvi, you asked about the podcast, somebody else asked about websites, somebody else asked about something else. Like you always, like within about a week, you've had about three or four people reach out and be like, Jeremy, can you help me with this? Yeah. So I think just it'll come naturally and yeah, you'll figure it out. I'm not, in a sense, I'm not trying too much because I know that I'm just being myself and helping people and, and, and being nice to people and everything. And I know that it's planting seeds that are going to blossom eventually, some of them. Sure. Um, I'll have to get it organized at one point. <laughs> yeah. I have a book if you're open to um, looking into it, but it's a book called Meant for More by Lisa Sassovich. Oh, yeah. I need to read right. that. I was, yeah. I was telling you briefly about it, but that book really goes into how a person can look at all of their unique skills and offerings and what they do and how can they put it together in a way that allows them to work for themselves or you know create another type of whether it's a role yeah. or opportunity whatever it is but like how to package it how to get the wording down right into where it's like oh, okay i can like tangibly do yeah. that i feel like that book might help yeah probably yeah because that's the thing i struggle right now is that i do so many different things that i struggle to put them together because it looks like it doesn't make total sense to put you know some things to, all together so i need to find a way to package it and and make it go around there because in a sense it's all gravitating about the same stuff like you know you would think like drone photography and making a website for someone is totally different but i see it as you know i'm sharing beautiful photograph and and people you know some people hate miami when i love miami so i'm showing how miami is beautiful through my photograph so i'm right. I'm, I'm just using that to bring people to bring some happiness to people and and to show them that actually you know it's not that bad this city like it's pretty good and and it's just you have a view on it and you can change your view about it so you know you I, you can use like all it's a big metaphor yeah there. no but yeah you can use a lot of things to actually tell a story and i think it's just i need to make this story a bit clearer in my head and mm -hmm. and present it in a good way yeah i know someone that can help you with that <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do we have any other questions? <laughs> I feel like I, I know Jeremy even better than I did before. I really <laughs> appreciate you letting me <laughs> under the hood. And I, I know so many people are going to get value from this episode. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for being on, Alvi. And thank you so much, Jeremy, for being so open and honest with us and telling us about your history. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish up? No, I mean, there's probably more to share, but we'll do more episode about it <laughs> okay alvi where can we find you on instagram so you can find me on instagram at mr you can too that's m-r-y-o-u-c-a-n the number two and your podcast is is how you can too yes and jeremy where can we find you um instagram is probably the better place the best place uh jeremy andre underscore fr jeremy is i-e because it's French. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll link everything in uh, what you're supposed to say, that you're the host. I'm the host. So we'll link everything in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jeremy and Alvi, for being here with me today. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and really hope you learned a little bit more about Jeremy and about our past and well, what we're up to now and what we've been up to in the past. Um, thank you so much for listening we really hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode so make sure you stay tuned and share it with everyone else that you know who knows Jeremy or even if they don't know Jeremy share it with people let's spread the love go and say hi to Jeremy on Instagram and say you found us on the podcast and yeah we'll speak to you soon bye bye <laughs>